So good morning, everybody. Welcome to Daily Devotions. My name is Lloyd, and this morning I'll be continuing our series going through the book of 1 Corinthians. As a recap, it was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, and we've been looking at some of the practical application that that has in our lives today. And this morning, I want to touch on one particular section from the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, and that is chapter 11, uh, as it deals with communion, one of the sacraments that us as believers celebrate today. Uh, But as an introduction, in chapter 11, he begins by saying, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. This is the Apostle Paul, remember, writing to the church, and he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's a sense in which he's calling the church to follow his example as he follows the example of Christ. It's a good biblical example of what healthy accountability looks like, I suppose. You know, Paul modeling what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and then calling on the church to do the same in following him. He says, I'm watching Christ, I'm following him, so you watch me and follow me and do the same. Learn from my example. You know, which in a way is an encouragement to us right there at the start. And that is, who, who are we following after in our journey of becoming Christ-like? Who do we have in our corner? Who are some of those mentor, mentee uh, figures and relationships that we have in our lives that ensure that we stay on the course of becoming a disciple of Jesus? Remember, uh, Paul uh, was imprisoned numerous times for the sake of the gospel. He says in his letter to the Philippians that he's lost everything and he considers it all nothing by comparison to knowing Christ and being found in him. It kind of speaks about the integrity and the quality of the people that we have in our lives as role models, doesn't it? And that's a good question for us to ask ourselves right there today is, do do we know who those people are in our lives? Who are we imitating? Who do we surround ourselves with as we journey together towards becoming Christ-like? Godly community is extremely important, right? And it's healthy for us as believers. But this passage in 1 Corinthians goes on to describe amongst such other things as instructions about worship and how people ought to engage in prayer. Uh, He speaks about the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion or the Eucharist. And that's the part that I want to focus on this morning. So let's read a few verses from 1 Corinthians because there's some really powerful and really pertinent points that we should bear in mind when it comes to this to the sacred ordinance called communion that, that, that we partake of today. And just as a reminder, uh, Paul is writing to a church that has some pretty messy and pretty chaotic things going on. So as we've seen in previous passages in 1 Corinthians, and which we'll see again a little bit later, um, they've missed the mark on quite a few things. And so he has to get pretty direct in some of his instruction. He gets really, really um, clear and really, really uh, direct uh, in terms of how we correct some of this behavior. So in verse 20, he says, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. There's no consideration for the fellow man. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. This is happening in the church. And he says, what? Like what with an exclamation mark? That's a great what in all of scripture. <laughs> he says, do you not have houses to eat and drink? Or, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. It's really, really direct. And it's, you know, because there's some pretty radical behavior taking place here. Like when they were supposed to be gathering together to worship the Lord and partake of this, of this holy sacrament, that of the Lord's Supper, they were making all of this all about themselves. You see, they weren't waiting for one another when they ate. And as a result, 
they weren't conducting themselves in a way that was honoring, firstly, towards the Lord, and secondly, towards one another. Literally, they would help themselves to the food. Some of them would help themselves to all the food, and so other people would go hungry. You see, what they used to do is they would bring and share these meals together at the start of church. And so the wealthier would bring, and the, those that were without would have something to eat. And then they would worship, and they would minister to one another as the Holy Spirit mediated the presence of God. And so some of them, instead of you know, following this, this practice, that, this order that, that, that Paul is calling them to, some would, some would eat all the food and others would drink all the wine. And so when it came time to celebrate the Lord's Supper, one of them was hungry and another person was drunk. I mean, that's, that's incredible stuff that's just taking place. And, and this instruction that the, that the Apostle Paul gives to the church to correct this is a strong reminder for us today as well. In that church and worship and all these things that we do, they are not about ourselves. It's not about us getting full spiritually. It's about God and us bringing our worship to Him. It's not about our preferences and what we can get out of it. It's about God's preferences and what He wants to get out of it. And the fact that God has some requirements and some guidelines for how we ought to worship Him and gather and celebrate sacraments like communion, it's not a limitation, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation to experience God's best in those moments. You see, because when we lift up our eyes in awe and wonder to the one who is greater than anything we could imagine, we find ourselves at the proper place at his feet. Not that God needs reminding, but that we need reminding that he is God. You know, we need to remind ourselves that he is the one that has the preeminence. God is the one that has the power. And we find our proper place at his feet when we worship him appropriately. And when we receive the cup of blessing, as 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16 says, because that was God's design for communion. It's a cup of blessing that we, that we receive and we partake in together. But what the Corinthian church was doing here is they were making the whole thing about themselves, which didn't really work out well for them. In fact, there's a couple of verses in, in, in a couple of verses time, Paul says that this is why some people were even getting sick um, in the church. Some had even died. And Paul was correcting that. And he's saying, hey, guys, let's remind ourselves what this represents. And let's remind ourselves that what you are, let's, let's remind ourselves what you are actually uh, partaking of spiritually and physically when you eat the bread and when you, and when you drink the cup together. It's a really, really big deal. He goes on to explain what communion actually is then in verses 23 to 26. So he kind of corrects what it's not. And then he says, this is what it is. And it's a beautiful passage of scripture. I'm just going to paraphrase and, and share one or two verses where he says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is what Paul had received from Christ which he then gave to the Corinthian church. And then he goes on to say, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Such beautiful words that paint the correct picture for how we should receive this, this holy communion, this wonderful sacrament, this precious practice together. And notice right in the beginning, Paul said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Again, it's that transfer of knowledge almost that Paul had received from Christ that he gives straight back to the church. And it's really important there actually because those words mean that the Lord Jesus instituted this practice. He was the one that, that designed it. It's got divine origin. And that really speaks about a spiritual authority that's connected to this communion table. When we receive communion together, we submit ourselves under the Lord's authority and we follow his leadership, his guidance, his commands. 
Also, it says that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, which means that we represent, we exhibit, we symbolize the Lord's death because his death is still the means by which salvation is received into the heart of man. There is no other redemption for sins other than in Christ Jesus the Lord. And his death represents that we proclaim it because the, because the cross still speaks of salvation to mankind. So there's a spiritual continuation that's taking place here. There's a spiritual authority. There's a spiritual continuation. And then lastly, the Apostle Paul ends this letter by issuing this kind of final instruction. He says in verse 33, So then, my brothers, when you come to eat, wait for one another. Just wait for one another. Be considerate. In fact, he even says, if anyone is, is, is hungry, let him eat at home. <laughs> let, him, let, him, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. There's, there's a spiritual purpose behind this too. The spiritual authority comes from Christ. There's a spiritual continuation because the cross still speaks of salvation to mankind. And then there's a spiritual purpose that it will not be for judgment. It'll be for a cup of blessing. And this is what the Apostle Paul is reminding us of here. He says, there is a proper way of worshiping God when you gather and when you receive communion. It's not about your own interests. It's not about your own desires. It's about following the Lord's guidelines, those that he has set before us in terms of how to worship him appropriately when you gather. And so, the, and so Paul says, please make it about him. Firstly, please also make it about your fellow man. Be mindful of one another. Wait for one another so that when you worship, it will be a cup of blessing. And that is still the Lord's design for his church today. He wants us to experience the blessing of his presence in our lives as we partake in this wonderful sacrament together, that of communion. So I hope that encourages us this morning as we are mindful of the power and the responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus to examine ourselves in our hearts as verse 21, sorry, as verse 28 says, uh, when it comes to receiving and of, of, this, of this gift and worshiping the Lord together. And may we ask ourselves this morning, Lord, how is it that you want me to worship you today? Let me not make it about myself. Let me make it about you. How do you want me to worship you today? Lord, how can I be mindful of my fellow believer today? And when we gather, how can I consider one another above myself? Lord, thank you for your grace. And I receive that. I drink that in. I partake of that today. And when we do, I'm encouraged and I'm motivated and I'm, I'm, I'm fully convinced that we will experience the Lord's presence in a fresh way when we worship him in the beauty of holiness, as Psalm 96 verse 9 says, and receive this cup of blessing that the Lord has in store when we appropriate his grace into our lives. So I'm going to take a moment and just pray for us as we close our devotion this morning and before sending us out on our way for the rest of our Tuesday. So let's take a moment and pray together, everyone. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. Jesus, thank you that we have this wonderful practice, this, this sacred ordinance of communion where we get to remind ourselves of your grace, of that, of that precious gift, the precious gift of your body that was broken and your blood that was shed for us so that we would find healing and wholeness and forgiveness in you. Jesus, thank you that you have given us very clear guidelines in terms of how we ought to conduct ourselves and when we gather and, and how, how we ought to worship you in a way that brings you glory and that reminds ourselves that we find our proper place at your feet. Jesus, this is all about you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are guiding us every moment of every day to that place where we recognize that God is, is God and that we are not. And we just submit ourselves again under your leadership, Jesus. Thank you so much that you are such a perfect, such a gracious leader who guides us, who leads us 
in, in, in quiet places, Father. Thank you so much that you have marked out the road for us and we just trust you that as we walk along that road, you are holding our hand every step of the way and you are bringing us to a fruitful and prosperous destiny in you. So thank you, Jesus, so much for this time and we just pray your blessing over the rest of this day and over the rest of this week as we go. And in your wonderful name we pray. Amen.